three clarifying words for Glenridge Church in this hour. Three clarifying texts for Glenridge Church in this hour. I love Tyron last week came and spoke about 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And I'd, I'd written down three texts when we were away. Just felt God say, just clarify, clarify. What are you, why are you, why do you exist? Clarify, clarify. And these three texts came to mind. 1 Thessalonians 1, Philippians chapter 4, and, um, and Ephesians chapter five, uh, 4. And then Tyron came and spoke on 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. A favored church. What are the attributes of a favored church? The reason why this is so important, friends, especially now we're looking for buildings. It's like we're 40 years old, and either we're going to go through a midlife crisis and go backwards and go nowhere, or actually we reinvent and we press on for another 40 years. The kingdom of God is not receding. The kingdom of God is advancing and it's increasing. So nothing in God is a God of, of decrease. There might be a, might be a, a sense of, of holding ground and waiting and waiting and holding ground, but then comes increase all the time with the, in, with the kingdom of God. And so what that means is that there's no future in our history. It doesn't matter how amazing our history was, there's no future. A, a, a great history doesn't guarantee you a big future. And we see that in Revelation chapter 2 with the, with the church of Ephesus, the one text that we're going to look at this morning. And in, in Revelation chapter 2, it's the first church that he writes to of seven churches. And he says to them, he says, you've worked unbelievably hard. You've persevered. You've accomplished great deeds. You have persevered. You have endured hardship. You've held your line theologically. There's been people coming, these false teachers, and you've held your line, and you've said no to those, and you've said yes to those others. You've dealt with wicked people, he says. So for all intents and purposes, this church had an incredible, incredible history. But he says, I have this one thing against you. You've lost your first love. You've lost your passion for Jesus. You've forgotten why you do all of this. You've forgotten what the point of this is, whole thing is about. And he says these hectic, hectic words to them. Go and have a look in Revelation chapter 2. He says, unless you repent, unless you make some adjustment here, unless you have revelation of who Jesus is and come back to your first love, I will pull up, I will take away your lampstand. Jesus planted that lampstand, and he says, unless you do this, I'm going to actually take it away. And you know what, friends, as a church, Jesus, a, a crowd may come, but you lose your prophetic purpose, you lose the prophetic edge, the edge of the kingdom coming in and through the life of a, of a local church. So history reveals God's faithfulness, but it never guarantees a future in him. It's our current love and our current conviction, and our current passion. So I'm just getting my thing here. Our current con love, conviction, and passion for Jesus, that counts. If you've been walking for Jesus and a church of 40 years old, it means that some of us have been around for a long time. Don't rest on your history. We've got a new, we've got a new future in God, a new history to make in Christ. And so three clarifying words for us. The first one is this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. 
I'll just make a few comments here for the sake of time. So Christ gave some, gave, Christ himself gave. So remember, Christ himself gave. gave. Jesus was died, and as he was ascended, he said he gave gifts to the church. So as he was leaving, as he was leaving earth, he said, church, you need these gifts to become all you called to be. And he says he gave, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. The fivefold. But why did he give them? I read this, read this carefully. If you're part of this church, if you're a member of this church, friends, we're not, we're not trying to do a Sunday service to tickle people's therapy sessions. Or get people, friends, we're on a mission with God. We have a purpose in God. We're under, we're under, the, under the, the reign of Jesus that came through this morning. There's no name above all names. He's the name above all names. We're under the reign of God and we're inviting the reign of God. And when we invite the reign of God, we get into the purpose of God, which activates the promises of God. And so actually we are we're here because we've got a job to do, friends. We're not here because we've got a church, attendant, a church service to attend. We get a, we're here to get healed. We're here to get saved. We're here to get restored. We get to get transformed. We're here to get all these things. But the purpose is not your healing. The purpose is the mission of God which needs you whole. Remember that. So Christ gave these gifts to equip his people. That's us. Christ gave his gifts to equip his people for works of service. So these gifts are released to the church so that you and I can be equipped to serve God. But listen what it carries on to say. So that the body of Christ may be built up. I kind of read that afresh this morning when I was reading it again. Equipped to serve so that the body might be built up. Please listen to that. These gifts are given so that we can be equipped, so that we can be built up. You see, God needs a built up church. God needs an equipped church. God needs a mature church because it carries on to say, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity of the faith. Ah, oh, so we need building up so that we can be unified, be one. These gifts are given so that the church can be equipped, so that it can be matured in such a way that it can find oneness in its difference. Because this church is not of one group of people, not of one language of people. It's this diverse group of people that any, the only thing they have in common is Jesus. And he says, I want them to be one, to reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of Jesus. And become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness. So these, these, these gifts are given so the church can be equipped, so that, which means that when the ch church is equipped, the church builds itself up so that it becomes mature and unified. That's why the gifts are given, friends, for the building up of the church. Jesus wants 
a built-up church. Jesus wants a unified church. Jesus wants a mature church because it's that church that changes the world. When people walk into our meetings, into the meetings of a unified, mature church, they think, take me to your captain. Who are you, people? You are the biggest advert for Jesus. The way we relate, the way we connect, the way we do things, the way we love, the way we care, all those things. We are the advert. Verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. So this mature church that's unified, that's, that is built up, that's equipped, this church has a discernment built into it. That's rubbish and that's, that's lies and that's truth. Anybody can get up in the pulpit and say something and the church straight away knows, no, that's what's said. You see, this is the mature church. The church can listen to podcasts all over the place. Discernment, yes, no. Winds of teaching, no, yes. This is the church. Don't have to, I don't have to run around as a, as a church leader thinking, flip, wonder what the people are listening to. No, if we're doing our job properly, they'll know that's wrong and that's right. And if they're unsure, they'll ask. It's like, not tossed backwards and forwards. Instead, speaking the truth in love, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow, into be grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That last line is probably the most effective, not working aspect of the church worldwide. We've never had so much teaching. We've never had so much information. We've never had so many good communicators, but we've never had so little priesthood operating. We've never had so little every part doing its work making sure that I'm equipped for the sake of the body to build this body up because this is Jesus' body. And when Jesus' body is healthy, Jesus reigns supreme. From every joint and ligament, the whole body, the whole body. Man, I was so excited to hear this morning. Marvin, are you still there, bro? Marvin, you were sitting in the corner there. Mar Marvin, Mervin. Is he there? Just put your hand up. Did you have to just stand up quickly? Just stand up. Shot, my buddy. You can sit down again. I don't want to embarrass you. I just did, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Right. You know that man was homeless. Made my morning this morning. I said, how's it, man? I I don't know if I've met you. Problem is, I've no faces but names. Like I'm, I'm trying to have names, this, whatever. So, and he, and he says to me, hey, Stan, you know what, eh? I came into this church. I was homeless. Jesus saved me. I'm now off the street. I've got a job. And Jesus has changed my whole mindset.
the whole body. Not the spiritually mature, not those that are exceptionally clever, not those that are exceptional orators and communicators, not those that have an unbelievable knowledge of the scriptures, the whole body joined together and held together as each part does its work, builds itself up. Pastors are burning themselves out because they're trying to build the body up instead of teaching the body to build the body up. You're not here to occupy space, Glenridge Church. You're not here to occupy a seat and get your ears tickled on a Sunday. We're here because God has given us a mission. God is taking us to the nations. God is taking us to our neighbors. God is wanting us to love everybody, all and sundry, those we agree with and those we don't disagree with. And whatever the case is, he is, he is making us this mature, unified bride that when people encounter us, they just, it takes their breath away. And whether it's in this building or whether it's in your home around a table or your boardroom table at work, it doesn't matter. You're still the bride of Jesus. As each part does its work. As each part does its work. That's scripture number one. We're going to start to do some series called Doing. Part of it is because I want you to learn how to do ministry. The first one's going to be doing grief. I've noticed when people are grieving, they don't know what to do with people. What do you do? What do you say? Can I say the wrong thing? Can I say the right thing? Da, da, da. And then what happens is you just step away from them. When in fact, they actually just need people to be there. Not say anything. By the way, we also just need to correct our theology. You don't become angels when you die. Like, we just need to do some work around that. Like, no, don't worry, God just needed another angel in heaven. No, he did not. <laughs> human beings don't become angels. Human beings become human beings. They stay human beings. Angels are angels, human beings are human beings. Different category of entity, being. Like, we just need to get some of that right, you know, like. But I want you to be able to learn how to deal with people that are in loss, that are grieving. Whether that's at work or in the church or out the church or your family or friends. We'll do a little two or three part series on doing grieving. Get some theology right and put some good practices in place. And that means that you can deal with the people that are grieving. Anyway. Next one. Flippin' hell. Okay, I've got eight more minutes and I've only done one scripture. He chokes flippin' get me going here. Okay. Friends, this is a training center. It's not a preaching center. This is a training center. It's an equipping center, which means we'll risk with preachers that are not yet honed in their craft for the sake of their future and ours. We need to get more young people in this pulpit. And maybe they're not as honed. Maybe they're better. But it doesn't matter. That's why it doesn't matter who's preaching. We don't advertise who's preaching on a Sunday because it shouldn't matter who's preaching on a Sunday. We had to meet with God and to hear what God's saying, even if it's through a donkey, which is most of the time what you get from me. <laughs> now, honestly, guys, I'm just being real. 
We can faff around and then, hey, da, da, da. guys, this is real. We actually got a world to save. There's people dying and going, not knowing Jesus and dying. Come on. Men are in trouble. Men need to get their hearts right with Jesus. Need to fix their leaks and their bowls. Anyway, like I say, don't go there, Stan. Just Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power. One of my dream aspects, this book of Thessalonians is my dream church. If there was a dream church, it would be Thessalonians. When Graham and Emmy Tedder were here, we nearly did a series on, one in, uh, on Thessalonians. And when they left, they gave us little um, key rings with 1 Thessalonians on it. We're going to start a series on 1 Thessalonians in the next couple of weeks. My brother, for we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that He has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but with power. And with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. My prayers, Lord God, let the power of your word come to people, not just with words, but with deep conviction. Where people are cut to the heart, Lord, please, we want your power. He says, in fact, he says, I know that God is chosen to you because the gospel came with power. It wasn't like I, approached, I spoke a powerful preach, therefore I know God has chosen you. He said, no, because it was done with power, I know God's there. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Every preacher that gets up to preach, I hope, I trust there's a level of vulnerability, a level of transparency where you get to see their real lives and what they say, not just their ideals from the scriptures. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. I want to I be in a church where we can say that you became imitators of us and the Lord. Can you say that of your life? Of the people that you have influence over? You become an imitator of me and of the Lord. For you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with great joy. It's a joyful church. In the midst of suffering, there's great joy. And you welcome the message of Jesus. The forgiving love of Jesus, the, the, the transforming power of the gospel in the midst of suffering, Lord God, everything else seems like nothing compared to knowing you. Somebody else said that in the scriptures as well, in Philippians. And you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. I loved what Tyron said. He says, what, the, message, the, the, the Thessalonian church was that church that you didn't have to go, but we don't have to go back to the book of Acts and say, well, that's the kind of church you need to be in. Actually, people can say, all you need to do is go to Glenrith Church and you can see the kind of church that I love. You can see the flesh and the bones and the frailty, the weakness and the strengths and the amazing goodness of God and the life of God in that church. Come a model, a model church. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. I'm saying, I want to I encourage us, Glenridge Church. The thing that God has for us, 
is that our faith would be made known everywhere. You know how God makes known faith everywhere? By the transforming of lives, by stories like Marvin. But it also gets transformed by the power of God and the faith of God that gets released when you buy property or can be practical things to spiritual things to, but it's the faith in Jesus. It's your faith, you're known by your faith in Jesus. Man, that's the kind of church we wanna be. I wanna remind us, that's the kind of church that, to clarify it's our faith in Jesus that we wanna be known by. I don't wanna be known by our worship. I don't wanna be known by our preaching. I don't wanna be known by coffee. I don't wanna be known by, I wanna be known because of our faith in Jesus. You wanna know what faith in Jesus looks like? Go and hang out in the Butterworth's home. You wanna know about faith in Jesus? Go and hang out in the Rwandagali's home. Go look at Nick. Then you'll see faith in Jesus. You wanna see faith in Jesus as a single mom with some growing strapping kids? Go and look at, go and hang out with Kudza. Therefore do not, therefore we do not need to say anything about it. He doesn't have to say anything because it's so evident. They tell you how you, they tell how you turn to God. Man, to be known, how people turn to God from idols. To serve the living God, turn to God, turn to serve and to wait for the Son and to live, a, live with an expectation of God coming, living with eternity in mind. What a beautiful church. Lastly, I've got one minute. One minute, Philippians chapter four. Actually, going to start in chapter one, verse four. Philippians is this wonderful church. When Rory was leading, this was his ideal church, the church of joy, Philippians. He didn't have one bad thing to say about the Philippian church. He just, he just encouraged them for being such a wonderful church. In verse four it says, in all my prayers for you, I've always prayed for you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Partnership in the gospel. This church is designed for partnership in the gospel. We have a primary partnership with NCMI and the relating churches. But man, we partner in many different ways with many different churches. Whether it's a united prayer meeting once a month on a Thursday night here, where we say, come to our building and use us. Or whether it's uh, in different things with Robert and Tuli and different things that they're doing. Friends, we are partnering in the gospel. Part of the life of a church that is healthy is they've got healthy relationships and partnerships around the city and in the region and into the nations beyond. And it's into that partnership that we go and we move and we have our being and we see the nations get set free by Jesus. But I love what he says in Philip in, the, in verse four after talking about partnership, or chapter four, sorry. Verse 14 of chapter four, he says, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. So he's talking about their partnership. And for them, partnership was, well, you'll read, let's carry on read. Moreover, as you Philippians know in the early days of our acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even, if, for even when I was in Thessalonica, 
get there. You sent me aid more than once when I was in need. He's, he's thanking them for their partnership. For, for that moment, he was ministering, he had no income, he didn't, and actually this church gave to him so that he could get on with the work. So there was a financial partnership there, financial giving beyond themselves. Saying, we love you, Paul, and we want to back you, Paul. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more may be credited to your account. One of my dream churches, my dream of a church for us, is that our partnerships would be so real and so profound that our accounts would be credited in heaven. To have a full account in heaven is an incredible thing. I have received full payment and, and have, even, have more than enough, he says. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. See, they didn't just send money, they sent people. Epaphroditus. And in Philippians, he applauds, he says, Epaphroditus is this amazing man, needs to be honored. See, this church had partnerships around the world, around the city, around the known world, and what they did is they were releasing finances and they were releasing people so that the work of God could come on. I'm trusting God. That's going to become a massive reality again for us. It's not just about us. We're not sitting in a seat to hear a good sermon. We're sitting in a seat to be equipped so that we can do our thing in God. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Man, we can quote that text. My God will meet all your needs in the glory, with the glory and the riches of Christ Jesus. That is in the context of apostolic partnership. When a church gives themselves to apostolic partnership, it's releasing finances, releasing people, God meets all our needs. Those three texts, over the next little while, I think are going to clarify something of what we do and how we do it. I trust this makes sense. I trust you pick up the heart. It's time to get moving. In September, we're 40 years old. I want to be a young 40. Actually, I'm 50, but I want to be a young 40. <laughs> Glenridge is going to be an evergreen 40. God is going to be sending us more people for which we need more resources, we need more people, we need more service, we need more of everything, we need more home groups. It absolutely amazes me. People leave Glenridge to go to a smaller church because they need me and you don't. Like I'm thinking, guys, we need everybody. We need kids ministry teachers, we need everybody, we need everybody in so that we can serve one another, so that the church can be built up, so that the church can be sent out. Not just built up and built up and built up, but sent out. encourage you take these texts and just say God what is my part to play how do I play my part in this is that helpful brilliant shepherds five minutes over apologize let's stand let's stand let's stand
Father, my prayer, our prayer, like the Thessalonians, Lord, I want your word to come with power, with deep conviction. That everything we do is from conviction, Lord. Not my manipulation or ask you, Jesus, that you would continue to build your church, Lord. Continue to strengthen your church. Even as we go into this Thessalonian text, Lord, help us mind that for ourselves, Lord. It's not about me preparing a preach for the church. It's about me urging and opening up so that the church can find what the gold is. Ask you, Father. Thank you for your people, Lord. Thank you for Marvin. We have many more stories, Lord. Homeless people to job. Thank you for that, Lord God. Even as I was standing at the back this, this morning, just welcoming people and Father, just thank you for the people that you bring in, Lord. Thank you that, they, that people come, Lord. Just overwhelmed at your love and your goodness, Lord. Joking with Wally Hurleyman. Finding difficult to walk, but getting into church. Passionate for Jesus. Father, I pray that you would excite our hearts, Lord. That we'd be a church that's known for our faith in you, Lord. For our mighty exploits of faith in you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your mission that you've given us. Thank you for entrusting us. I thought just speak your blessing over your people, Lord God. And they're coming and going, Lord God, in their businesses and in their homes, in their schools, Lord. And the decisions they're making and the choices they're making, Father, I pray that they'd be faith choices. I pray that we'd be walking with you, Lord God, in your amazing and wonderful name, Jesus. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless those that are sick, Lord. Heal those that are sick. Touch Sheena's body, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.